Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. More than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein. Here's your host, Jason Swigard. Been a fine good morning uh, to everyone. Hope everyone is uh, safe and doing well. We got a big treat for you today. We got uh, we got Harold out of his cocoon. <laughs> yeah, I just had to get out of the house. I would imagine so. We uh, yeah, we got you in the studio to the next uh, uh, next to us. So everybody's uh, safe. Everybody's got their own little uh, nest that they can be in here. This is great. I got handy wipes, uh, but I got this big board here with all these colored knobs and stuff. Yeah, uh, yellow. Those and, aren't attached to anything. And, you can, you can really. Yeah, I can you play can with them. Go yeah, nuts. Don't touch those. <laughs> don't touch Will them. said, "Don't touch them," and you said, "To touch them." Who do I believe? Well, Will's only here for like three hours a week now, so. <laughs> so well, yeah. that's a shame. The so, yeah, uh, knock yourself out in there. Okay, awesome. Yeah, this is a really neat little studio. I still got a view of the Willamette River. Yeah, uh, and we are. An essential part of this uh, uh, catastrophe that's going on right now, uh, giving information, news uh, about not just golf, but about uh, what's going on in the world. Exactly. So hopefully we will uh, try and keep it as much golf-oriented here over the next hour, but uh, certainly the the current state of affairs is affecting uh, things and being on the border between Oregon and Washington. Uh, Harold lives up in Vancouver. They've got a different situation right now with golf courses. And uh, fortunately, in your capacity as uh, president of the uh, Oregon chapter of the PGA of America and your relationship with the Oregon Golf Alliance or the Golf Alliance of Oregon, excuse me, uh, we got an update on kind of the states, not only Oregon and Washington, but some of the neighboring ones as to uh, how stay-at-home orders are affecting and is golf within or outside the bounds of the uh, businesses that are shutting down. We'll get to all that uh, as well. 
But uh, just glad to see you doing well, my friend. Hey, thanks. And you look great. 25 pounds lighter. Yeah. Yeah, we got a little more than 10 to go. Yeah. So uh, fortunately, that uh, is uh, that motivation is keeping me from just drinking incessantly. <laughs> and you do, or did. I did. Yeah. Uh, not incessantly, but frequently. <laughs> and so fortunately, uh, being so close, we got Will Darkens out of his cocoon. Why don't you pick up a damn book? Huh? Pick up a book. What uh, what's a book? Uh, what's a book? a book? Yeah. What's I got music. Book? I cook. What are you doing listening? a lot of cooking. What are you listening to? Uh, I, I'm going back to my roots. Uh, Sinatra, Dean Martin, Harry Connick Jr., Michael Buble, Ooh. Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, my goodness. You sitting around in your undershirt cooking meals, listening to Sinatra with a cigarette? <laughs> No cigarettes. No cigs. No cigarette. Maybe a Pabst Blue Ribbon and a cig. Yeah, uh, a little bourbon. A <laughs> little bourbon. A <laughs> little double bourbon on the rocks as I'm uh, cooking it up there in the kitchen. <laughs> That's but yeah. Great. No, I'm going back to my roots, baby. little rat pack. It's all good. How is that your roots? Are you Italian? Uh, no, I grew up uh, I grew up in the band. I played in the jazz band uh, in junior high and high school. Oh, I didn't know that. What, what I instrument? I played trombone. Awesome. It was all Three Rivers League one year. Dude, so do you listen to jazz at all? Mm-hmm. What? This yeah. is a side of Jason Swigart I've never known. Yeah. He's really multifaceted. Yes. Yep. He's you got facets we don't want to know about, but he's got some good ones there, too. <laughs> he's like an onion. You got to peel him back layer by layer. Oh, that's such a good analogy. Yep. Yeah. We'll, we'll, well, we got, we, we got continue to, to peel. Peel Swigard. We'll uh, we'll peel away here over the next hour. Uh, we do have some guests for you. Our buddy uh, Bruce Furman, the director of golf instruction at Langdon Farms, is going to join us at eight thirty uh, in our uh, Ask the Pros segment. Uh, one of the top golf instructors here in the state of Oregon uh, from Golf Digest for I don't the last two decades. Uh, but uh, most most of the courses in Oregon, or I should say, courses in Oregon are allowed to stay open once they are in full compliance with the social distancing um, orders that came down from Governor Brown. So Langdon's uh, been one of the courses that has stayed open. But uh, we'll talk to him about a good time to, you know, brush up on a certain facet of your game. But also, if you need to, for whatever reason, you know, keep yourself self-quarantined at your house, uh, but you got a big uh, rec room, maybe you've got a nice, some room in the backyard, how maybe you can take that time to work on, you know, what you can work on if you're in a confined space, unable to get to a course. Not only that, there's, I wanted to ask Bruce about his, uh, he has to have a social distancing. Uh, yeah, how to, uh, how to instruct from six feet away. Or more, and which is a real challenge because a lot of us as teachers like to get right in there and move people around and get their hips moving in yep. a direction, their arms in a position. And you can't do that uh, right now. It's it's not recommended at all. So that's a real challenge. I want to know how he's meeting that challenge. So we'll talk to him at 830. And then our good friend Barb Trammell, CEO of the OGA, is going to join us as well in the business of golf and just uh, a little more detail on uh, where the industry is at, how it's dealing with uh, the current state of affairs here uh, in Oregon. And uh, a little bit, too, I know, Harold, you're involved, but the Golf Alliance of Oregon and some of the information that you've been sharing with me, uh, how that alliance is somewhat unique uh, among different states and how they go about 
organizing all the different facets of the golf industry uh, and all the different associations and how crucial it's been. I think at this point, you're really seeing the, the fruits of that labor of everybody trying to work with a single voice. And when it came time to, you know, get to the governor's office and say, no, this needs to be an essential. We can do this not only to save the industry, but to provide at least one form of exercise normalcy in this uh, very uncertain times. Well, I don't know if people are aware of this, but golf is the third largest industry in, in the state of Oregon. And we employ a lot of people, and there's a lot of money that goes through through golf. That includes Nike, of course, and, and Adidas and, and Under Armour. But it also includes all the golf courses and those uh, employees connected to the golf courses. Uh, I've been part of the Golf uh, Alliance of Oregon since its inception, with along with Barb and a number of other very dedicated people. Uh, we have made connections with uh, the state legislature in the past, uh, and I often thought, what what is our role? I mean, yes, we talked to some legislators, but I, I wasn't aware of how important this role was at the time and is now uh, with this with the coronavirus. Yep. Uh, it is very important, and Barb's really going to, run that down with it. She's been a very busy lady this, this last week. No question. No question. Uh, we'll try and update you as well on uh, the status of things. As we mentioned, um, I'll let you maybe explain Oregon's uh, situation. I think most people uh, that have been listening to the station for the most part know golf courses can stay open and uh, are available for rounds. Um, but, they got to be able to comply with all of the executive orders regarding social distancing. Um, Correct. And the restaurant, obviously clubhouses are closed. There's got to be no areas of gathering. And so they've, uh, some of them have had to, uh, you know, maybe shut down for a day so that they can allow themselves to set up properly to protect everyone. We talked to Vincent Johnson. Uh, I, I talked to him yesterday. We were going to have him on, but he said he needs to do that at a couple of the city owned courses. That would be Colwood. Uh, Rose City and Heron Lakes. They will be temporary closing here. I don't know if it's staggered, if it's all at the same time this weekend, early into next week, but he's going to join us next week. Um, right. And But they just need to close a day or two so they can get everything set up. They can reorganize uh, how you come in, make sure they got six feet between everybody, try and have, you know, they got to have hands off so you can take care of whatever business online mm -hmm. uh, to pay for rounds or instruction or whatever you're doing. Uh, make sure the kitchens, those that have kitchen facilities are set up for takeout only, all of those sorts of things. But um, he just figured it was easier to try and shut those places down for a day or two to allow them to get all set up rather than trying to do it periodically while still having rounds going on. Well, this is a very fluid situation and dynamic in so much as uh, uh, Every state is different. In the Pacific Northwest uh, PGA section, we're dealing with five different states. That means that we have five different governors and ways to look at golf. When you expand that over the, the, uh, the entire uh, country, uh, we have 11 states that have shut golf courses down, period. Can't play. Uh, there are 29 states. Yes, you can play as long as you follow CDC guidelines. 
very important. So what we're trying to avoid is our touch points uh, and uh, keeping social distancing uh, as in, in the forefront. There are 10 states that are still trying to make up their mind about golf. Golf in, in many states is either the season hasn't started, so way up north it hadn't started, but uh, they've anticipated a problem, so they've shut down. Pennsylvania, uh, I think um, Wisconsin, I, Minnesota. New York, I think, is pretty much shut down. We'll get to that because yeah. it has a direct effect on the USGA and the U.S. Open. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. But anyway, so there's, there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. Uh, for us and for our listeners, we basically deal with two states here in our in our. Uh, for our listeners, uh, you've got Oregon and Washington, and the rules are very different. So we'll uh, touch on that uh, coming up next. Well, uh, the U.S. Open is about to be postponed, uh, but the trick is they don't know how long they got to postpone because the courses are shut down. Mm-hmm. The USGA still needs it was still in the build out process of Winged Foot, which was going to host uh, this year's U.S. Open. And so that one's in very much jeopardy of possibly being canceled if we ever get the golf season back going. So we'll talk about that. Brandel Chambly's uh, creating ripples again, as only Brandel Chambly can do. That's interesting. <laughs> what a talking head. I, you know, I just, there are a number of people now that when I turn on the television, I have to mute it. Um, and I'm not going to give you the list. You can imagine who's on it. Uh, Brandel just made it. Oh, okay. He's at the, uh, he is second on the list of uh, people I cannot listen to uh, for uh, the minute they open their mouths, I turn it, uh, turn it off. He has told people that you can learn more uh, on uh, YouTube with YouTube videos than you can from a PGA professional. And that what an absurd statement to make. And this talking head has proven that he is a total moron. There you go. I can't. Uh, you no, want no. More? We're going to give you more on that. We got to take a break. All right. Uh, the uh, fan text line is open to you at five five three zero five. If you have a question, maybe for Bruce about instruction or trying to work on something uh, while uh, you're uh, holed up there in your house. Uh, if you have a question uh, later for Barb, um, or if you're uh, curious about uh, any particular course or want to tell us your course is still operating, something like that, uh, please feel free. Drop us a line. We'll be here till uh, 9 a.m. this morning when Center and Saint takes over. Uh, but when we come back, we'll continue on uh, the different effects that the coronavirus is uh, having not only on locally played golf, but on the major tours as well. Glad to have Harold in studio here with us this morning. This is Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 815 here this morning as uh, Harold is uh, in the studio next to us getting getting some fresh air. Oh, this is wonderful over here. You know, I, there's a... You'd a, prefer this distance from me anyway, even, even... Well, yeah. I try to do that when we're in the same <laughs> studio, and now I got a big pane of glass between us. This is kind of nice. And having my own space... That's true. I have nested over here. That's right. There's a possibility that I won't give this up. I think if we just bring in a cot, I'll be ready for next Saturday. <laughs> Well, and it's a little difficult now. Uh, the only thing is it's kind of made it difficult for me to bring you your uh, pre-show coffee and donuts, Mr. Bluestein. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, I understand. Yeah, and handing me my cup of coffee with one of those really long things that, you know, those grabbers. Yeah, with a That's big true. hand on the end. Yeah, yeah. and 
and it was less than six feet, but it was still worth it to get it. And I appreciate it. Next time, two sugars. Uh, I think you only had one in there. I'll, I'll try to remember. I know your contract is contingent on... The, the coffee and donuts. Before. And the number of sugars I have in and my coffee. That's right. We're here for you. Uh, Bruce Furman, Director of Instruction at Langdon Farms, going to join us at 830. Barb Trammell, the CEO of the OGA, going to join us at 845. Uh, but uh, we continue on. Just kind of all of the uh, ramifications here, this coronavirus outbreak uh, is uh, brought to the game of golf. And the most recent one this week, uh, this is from Rex Hoggard at Golf Channel. Uh, and citing a New York Post report that the USGA has informed winged foot uh, the U.S. Open this year will not be played in June. Uh, there's been no official postponement or cancellation yet from uh, the U.S. Open. Uh, I think that's because they don't know what the next step is, but because Governor Cuomo there uh, has suspended all non-essential work in the state, and that has included golf, uh, not that... The USGA and the U.S. Open crew, they would normally be building out some of the things in the course. I'm assuming there were changes that they were in the process of making. I don't know, moving bunkers, extending tee boxes, whatever the case may be. But they won't have a chance now to be in there doing that to give them, you know, if things start getting better sooner than later, uh, June, late June was still an opportunity to have people assemble possibly and play it but the course won't be ready now well there's a lot of moving parts when you put a tournament together whether it's a u.s open or just a, a regular tour event uh you don't realize the number of volunteers uh but from a usga standpoint the the first step is how do you prepare the golf course or even augusta when we talk about the masters how do you prepare a golf course to be played as a major uh, or as a tour event, and there's there's building, there's rebuilding, there's uh, grass that has to be cut uh, in a certain way, and uh, it gets fairly complicated, and it has to be done several months out, and so they are saying, don't count on it. We're looking at uh, uh, the golf course being at the epicenter uh, for the USGA. Uh, of the coronavirus, so they really have to think uh, way out in advance. Yeah. I think, and I read an article this morning about what they're planning on doing with the majors. I think you're going to see the majors played this year. You may not see the Ryder Cup because they may bump the Ryder Cup for the British Open or for uh, the PGA. Uh, if they do that, now that's not definitive. I'm not coming up yeah. with anything new or, you know, this is not a, a news flash. I did see that the price of hotel rooms in uh, Augusta has jumped in the first week or I think the 5th through the 12th yeah. of uh, October, which may indi indicate that they're kind of, somebody's thinking, well, why charge a hundred bucks when I mean, we can get a thousand dollars for a room? And they're making those changes now. They're they're canceling yep. reservations and bumping the price up. Maybe they know something that we don't, but there's an anticipation that the Masters will be played in October. I read this morning they may even move it to November. Yeah, and I think 
you know, obviously with Augusta National, they control that entire environment, so they can decide to put it whenever they want if they want to get it in this year. Yeah. Uh, and assuming that come the fall, things are getting better, at least that's the indication. Everybody's speculating at this point. Well, the the uh, speculation is that they're – this is like the flu, which is really, well, it's no, not. Yeah, this it's does not. not have a season, uh, or at least we don't know of if any does, season yeah. right now. So you can predict uh, on uh, for the flu but and, and, and cold season, but there's no uh, coronavirus uh, season right now. You know, we're looking at the impact of what's going on with uh, the tours. The yep. LPGA has canceled three more events they had to start earlier because they had southeast asia events early on in february those got canceled uh, way back at the start of the year so they've been out already for two or three months yeah it's it's rough on them they but they have rescheduled the ana inspiration so they've uh they've scheduled it for september 13th at mission hills country club and rancho mirage um and they've moved the Portland tournament, the Cambia Classic, back a week, which is actually good for them. Uh, that'll get a little more, um, you know, it'll be a little more newsworthy at yep. that time. No question. So they're making some adjustments, but they've lost nine events. Yeah. Look at the Corn Ferry Tour, though. I what know. a what a mess! They're- well, fortunately, they haven't had as many events. This is kind of they're they're not going every week right now. They did their uh, Central America and Mexico swing and they were just starting to get back to the States. Uh, but for those guys, I mean, young guys, you know, relying a lot on sponsors to keep them afloat and let them play on the corn Ferry tour. And unless you win or finish like top three in a corn Ferry tour event, you're not making much dough. No, you're not. And you mentioned sponsors. So, a lot of their contracts are based on their performance. Well, if there's no performance, there's no money for, uh, from the sponsors. It's, it's that simple. Um, they, are, they, have, uh, re- they have lost uh, six or, or they've canceled. Well, they, yeah, they've canceled eight, going forward. Yeah, yeah, eight events in nine weeks is really what they have. That's the meat of their season, and they've canceled about six of those. So these guys are in in really uh, a tough situation. Some of them are giving lessons online, which is, you know, they're doing whatever they can to make some money. Um, not very many of them have made enough yeah. to qualify for – you know the the those twenty five spots exactly. that are just awarded really only at the, end the guys of the that have won at this point, and maybe if you had a couple of top fives, you're in position. But other than that, well, we should get Jeff Sanders on and ask and him. We what, will. What, we'll what does he anticipate for going forward? What he's been told, and and we'll reach out to Jeff here and uh, figure where he is uh, holed up at. Um, but yeah, it's going to be whenever they do this. Now the interesting thing is. Uh, going back to to the U.S. Open, the men's U.S. Open, they're not going to be able – they still have all the build-out. So even if things start getting better June, July, uh, the course isn't ready. So the course, it sounds like, still has two or three months. So I'm wondering if they want to hold a U.S. Open and also everything's going to be compacted if we're trying to squeeze the majors in all at once – 
is there a course near Augusta, Pinehurst, somewhere like that where the travel is relatively quick? You could possibly play the Masters in the U.S. Open maybe back-to-back or within maybe one week in between. But well, guys don't have to travel far. Yeah, I've, ta- I've read that there's two possibilities. And you mentioned Pinehurst would be a really good one, particularly if we have to have majors back-to-back and, and the uh, Masters is one of them. Uh, that would be good for the U.S. Open to fall into that spot. I've also heard that uh, getting out of New York is important. They were going to go to Oakmont. Uh, in Pennsylvania and and play there. Uh, That would be good, but still you have a travel issue. I think people, uh, players are just going to, they're going to accept whatever is. is, They will be thrilled to be back out there playing, hoping that there will be galleries available, you know, allowed to watch them play. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, obviously the one-off, well, there's two. The other problem was the PGA uh, was scheduled for Harding Park in San Francisco. Right. So who knows how that works um, or if, you know, they might be able to swap with a course on the East Coast at a future date and give Harding Park, you know, something in the future, you know, swap them or something like that. But I'm sure all those discussions are, are going on. Can you imagine how busy these guys are doing it? I, I spent the last week... Um, actually two weeks with the um, Pacific Northwest Board of Directors and the uh, uh, Oregon Chapter Board of Directors uh, discussing our what we're going to do going forward. Now, we've canceled our pro-ams, which is a major source of income for the uh, – In I'll speak to Oregon uh, – it's a major source of income for us. We have no pro-ams going uh, in uh, – March was knocked out completely. We're looking at into mid-April. Uh, our first major pro-am, if, if things go well, would be Bandon Dunes in, in mid-April. And there's a, f- a sense that that may not happen yeah. either. So we could lose all of April. Uh, this is a big hit for us. Uh, we have contingency plans. We are looking at how it affects our bottom line. Now, you may not feel sorry for for the PGA, but uh, I can tell you that our growth of the game grants and programs is directly impacted by our lack of play. So a certain portion of our pro-am entry fees goes to building the game. And so when we lose that, we lose the possibility, the potential to build the game out. Uh, And that in a, in a, is very important to the PGA. So we've been, I've been flying around through these things and mainly just listening to what's going on and trying to make decisions based on uh, contingencies. Yeah. What happens if I can't imagine what Jay Monahan is going through and, and, uh, and commissioner Juan with the LPGA, this has got to be tough for them to talk to the sponsors, the communities that the sponsors affect. Uh, well, and all, I mean, all the, all the tournaments are nonprofit 501C, yeah. 503Cs, and all of the charitable donations that are raised that go back into those communities is, is not flowing in. Well, and not only that, any stimulus package is not going to benefit a nonprofit. No. Nope. 
So uh, it's really a problem. We have made plans. Uh, the PGA, the Oregon PGA, in the in has made plans for this kind of event. We always thought that it would be uh, another uh, volcano yeah. blowing up. Yep. We never anticipated anything like this. But fortunately, we had made plans. We're going to survive this, but if uh, depending on how long it goes, it impacts golf on a, on a local basis. So, yeah, stay posted. Uh, we're going to keep, uh, as long as uh, there are golf courses up and operating, uh, Harold and I will be uh, doing the show Saturday, uh, either in here or from our homes if we need to do that. So uh, we will keep apprised of the very latest uh, in regards to those aspects as well. When we come back, time to uh, ask the pros and our good buddy Bruce Furman, Director of Instruction from Langdon Farms, going to join us, uh, talk about uh, how you can still get instruction uh, from a distance and maybe some tips if uh, you need to uh, just be at your house for whatever reason, can't get out to uh, any of the courses that are open what you can still work on, how to continue to develop aspects of your game that uh, you would like to see improve. As we make the turn here, it's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Tips for your game from award-winning PGA instructor Harold Bluestein. It's time to ask the pro on Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. 831 here this morning, Golf in the Northwest. Following us at 9, it'll be Center and Saint. And then at 11, another uh, Oregon Sports Network Classic uh, for you, uh, that 2014 football game at Michigan State. Marcus Mariota back in charge of the crew, so we'll have that for you, uh, helping you uh, relive some of the great uh, Duck memories. That'll be at 11 o'clock here this morning uh, for you. But right now, joining us on the line, our good friend, director of instruction at Langdon Farms, Bruce Furman, joining us, a consistent uh, name you'll find on the list of the top golf instructors in Oregon from Golf Digest for the last two decades. Uh, good morning, uh, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you holding up? Holding up. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on your show. Well, we appreciate you uh, making some time, and, and we appreciate Langdon Farms, uh, what they have been doing uh, for golfers to try and uh, stay operating, uh, People giving people a little refuge, a place to go here uh, in these uncertain times. And I know uh, the course has been diligent in uh, making all the proper precautions for everybody, but it's one thing to get out there and play, but uh, people having a lot more free time now uh, whether they're staying at home or find themselves uh, needing to occupy their time. And it's a good opportunity to maybe shore up some some areas that lack in their games. But I got to imagine for you trying to instruct uh, people and keeping a safe distance and all the protocols has been a bit of a challenge. It has been. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's going to make me a better teacher down the road. It could be different ways of, of, of doing things. So uh, in, in the past... Uh, I have a nice uh, office down on the range, and we got a great range at Langa Farms. and And I would video the students, and then we'd go into my office and uh, look at the video and make a plan. And now I have windows in my office, so now uh, I turn the monitor around, the big monitor that the student looks at, and they just look through the window. And I can talk through the window, and and I'm inside, and they're outside, so they don't have to come in and uh, touch anything or do anything like that. So then we, we make a plan. We go back out on the range. And, of course, I observe the six-foot, you know, range and, and no touching. So uh, and then we just uh, go into the lesson. Bruce, got to be difficult, though. I know that I like to get right in there and start, you know, 
wrenching people around, moving them into positions. Uh, you've got to find your, uh, a way, a different way to explain to a player uh, what positions to be in. Uh, how do you go about that? Yeah, uh, you know, when you're working with uh, better players, uh, I don't usually touch them. I don't need to. They they right. understand it, get it. But you start to work with a higher handicapper. Uh, I had a doctor yesterday. Is just starting to play. He's you know, real beginner. It's really hard not to want to get in there and move them around, change physically, change their grips and so forth. But obviously, you can't do that now. So, so uh, you know, I have a full length mirror on the range, and uh, we just get in front of that mirror before we start swinging at golf balls and whatever changes we're going to make, whether it's a grip change or a stance change or, or actually a swing position change, we'll, we'll do it in the mirror and we'll just keep doing it in the mirror till I'm satisfied that they're actually making the change. And, uh, and then we go from there. Well, when you have a new student that comes out like this doctor, where do you start? Well, he, uh, he had, uh, you know, stance and grip, changes he's he's wearing bifocals for example and mm. like a lot of older people do and and uh you know his, his head stuck down in his chest and and uh his posture and his grip needed work so he was one of the, one of the guys that could take his glasses off and still see the golf ball so we we just we made some changes in his 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 address position you know it wasn't very good and then uh, his grip wasn't very good and so we did that in front of the mirror until until he could do it and before we started to you know swing at some golf balls yeah i have found that uh, there's very few people uh will come to me with bifocals that can actually uh hit a golf ball because they do sink their their chin into their chest and now they can't rotate their upper body at all so you started with some basics and then you're going to start into the backswing correct Yes, uh, you know, I I, uh, I gave him a couple things. He put a club on his shoulders to to, to feel a little bit different uh, coil in his backswing. Made him turn a little bit more. He didn't have much of that, and so we did that in front of the mirror. And mm -hmm. and then we just kind of did half swings at first, um, just getting the feel. He didn't really come forward and you know off his back foot very well. So we did some of those things. Till he could, you know, make pretty good half swings, where he could go back with a little bit of a coil and then come through and, and actually get off his back foot, uh, touch his, you know, back back knee to his front knee, get up on on his right toe, and we did those kind of things. And and uh, after a while, he started to hit the ball, you know, pretty solid. Bruce Furman is our guest, director of instruction at Langdon Farms Golf Club, uh, joining us here in our Ask the Pros segment. And now there are some people, uh, obviously, who need to stay at their house uh, for whatever uh, reason here. Um, and depending on how much room they may have, they may have a big, uh, maybe a basement. Maybe they can go out in the backyard and they have room to, you know, make a full swing. What, uh, how would you uh, advise people? What can they work on if they're just even at their own, own house and have limited space, don't have, uh, you know, even a driving range to get to? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I I got this from Hank Haney. Um, he he instructed his students uh, to take a hundred practice swings a day, and so I I tell my students to to 
to do the same thing or as many as they can and try to do it in front of a mirror or front of a picture window or someplace where they can see themselves and to really be careful on how they do it, not just swing it back and forth a hundred times, but, but to, to pay attention to whatever they're working on to do it correctly over and over and over. And the more they do that, then uh, I think they'll get something out of that at home. Yeah, Bruce, I think that's really important. I think the figure of 100 is is a little bit uh, daunting for people. But the fact is you've got to be able to see what you're doing and relate that to what your instructor is working with you on. Um, I have a, a student, uh, one Jason Swigart, whose uh, swing is the exercise equivalent of 10 push-ups by a Navy SEAL. He's uh, he works real hard at it. Uh, how do you deal with a guy uh, or a player who just wants to rip at it and uh, is out of balance, has no control? Well, like if we're doing the practice swing kind of regimen. Obviously, when I uh, you know I, I tell people hundred practice swings, well, swings only two seconds, so. Yeah. 10 at a time, you know, and rest <laughs> 10 at a time, depending <laughs> on how strong you are. And, and, and there's a lot of, uh, good things about doing, you know, slow motion swings, taking it, doing it mm -hmm. extra slow and just mm -hmm. looking at yourself in the mirror and watching yourself and just take it back to where you want it and then repeat that and do it slow and, and take it easy. And, and again, it's doing it right. It's not doing it. It's doing it correctly. Bruce, how do you feel about the change? You and I have been teaching for a long time and, and we were teaching before there was video and things have changed. It's become a very technical uh, approach to teaching. Now, how do you balance the technical with, with the old style of teaching where we're, we're uh, trying to develop feel? Yeah, um, I I just look at the player and, and see what they need. If they're slicing, I get them to hook it. If they're hooking, I get them to slice it. Mm -hmm. They're hitting it low, I get them to hit it high. And uh, what they're looking for is, is a change, you know, when they leave so that they're actually doing what we want them to do or, they're, or avoiding whatever their problem was. And so uh, you can use all the technology you want, but basically that's what it comes down to. If a guy comes to you with a slice, you better be leaving where he could hook the ball and vice versa. And so that's kind of how I approach it. Bruce Furman, director of golf instruction out of Langdon Farms Golf Club here. Uh, some great advice. Uh, I know uh, Langdon Farms remains open. Uh, people that are interested in coming out and, and getting some instruction or getting on the range, uh, given the current state, what do they need to be mindful of uh, so that they are prepared for you or whoever when they come out to Langdon? Well, they just call the pro shop and uh, make an appointment and, and they just come on down to the range and, you know, I, I take care of the balls and all that. They don't have to touch anything but, but their own clubs and uh, and they just come on down and, and I'll meet them there and, and uh, get them uh, taking, you know, a few warm-up shots and, and, uh, and then we go from there. There you go, Bruce Furman. Thanks so much for taking a little time for us here this morning. Uh, hopefully uh, we can continue to uh, keep the industry uh, and courses open here. Uh, take care of yourself as well, and uh, we will, I'm sure, run into you very soon.
Okay, thanks, guys. Everybody be safe. There you go. Bruce Furman, Director of Golf Instruction down at Langdon. Uh, we know uh, Langdon's uh, kind of been out in the forefront here uh, through these tricky times, uh, setting the standards, and, and we appreciate their partnership with us here at The Fan. Yeah, they've been great over the years, haven't they, uh, with the, the annual event that we uh, Yeah, we're, uh, we're, our fingers are crossed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there'll be more information on uh, if that uh, – if the uh, – Fan Golf Classic is going to be able to uh, go on this year. Uh, we'll uh, we'll deal with that at a further date once we know more about uh, what's going on with uh, with the coronavirus. But thanks to Bruce, the course is open. Uh, the grill is also open, available for takeout uh, if you uh, uh, need some food as well. We'll talk more about those provisions. Barb Trammell, CEO of the OGA, going to join us next. Uh, get a little bit more clarity on just uh, how courses can stay open, what they need to do to keep operating for you to come out. Uh, and as the weather uh, gets warmer and hopefully drier here, uh, people can uh, get out and get a little refuge uh, from being cooped up. As we continue on, it's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf. Every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080, The Fan. 8.45 here this morning. Jason Swigart, Harold Bluestone uh, here with you. Thanks again to Bruce Furman uh, for joining us uh, there. And now we are uh, very happy to have uh, back on the show, maybe a little sooner than we had thought. We talked to her about a month ago, and oh my, how uh, things have changed. But our good friend, CEO of the OGA, Barb Trammell, kind enough to uh, join us once again and uh, try and uh, get some clarity as to where things uh, sit currently for, uh, for the industry of golf here. Uh, after the governor's executive orders uh, a week ago. So, Barb, first of all, thank you very much for joining us. I hope uh, everybody is uh, safe there and uh, doing well at the OGA. Good morning, Jason. Harold, how are you guys doing? We're, we're fine, thanks. Uh, we, like many other businesses, are working from home, and uh, except for our golf course staff, which is, uh, which is down in Woodburn. Um, but, yeah, we're doing okay. It's been a, it's been a busy week, needless to say. We're doing great. Uh, they've separated Swag and I. He's in his own. He's in his own little uh, cubicle, and I've got a a. Uh, this is just spacious where I am. It's, it's a uh, bunker, Harold. Yeah. You're in a bunker. <laughs> it's wonderful. I've got a view out the uh, at the Willamette River. It's it's fantastic. Oh, lovely. I, yeah. It. Uh, so anyway, Barb. Uh, things have been kind of crazy for you, and I, yeah. I know I've been following it. I uh, am busy with the uh, with the PGA on a number yeah. of levels, um, but a, a a cog, an important cog in this whole process, uh, in the past and going forward, has been the uh, Oregon, the Golf Alliance of Oregon, and yeah. can you give us a little background on that association? and how they contributed to what we know today. Sure. Well, so the Golf Alliance of Oregon was actually, we formed the alliance back in 2008. Uh, so we've been around for a while. The first meeting that we had, and Harold, I think you joined us back at the golf show. I did. the first uh, meeting that we had. And we have since um, collaborated on a lot of issues together, most notably completing a couple of uh, economic impact studies for the golf industry in the state of Oregon. But uh this, this is something, you know, obviously no one could have prepared for, but 
very important that our, our continued collaboration uh, really helped um, further the cause throughout this. So our, our friends, in addition to the OGA, people may not know, um, the members of the Golf Alliance are the Oregon Golf Course Superintendents Association, the Oregon Golf Course Owners and Operators Association, of course, the Oregon Chapter of the Pacific Northwest Section of the PGA, and the Oregon Chapter of the Club Management Association of America. So those five core organizations uh, make up the Golf Alliance. So when this kind of started all going down, there was a big push from a national level through We Are Golf. And I know several of the independent entities of our of our um, core organizations had gotten wind of of things happening with the outbreak of COVID-19, how that might affect golf and how certain states were probably going to take different paths in uh, categorizing golf of whether or not it's a non-essential business function that would be um, included in enclosures at respective states. So one of the things that we did as an alliance was just uh, get together and, and, and formulate a letter to send to Governor Brown, basically stating that uh, golf we would like golf to be considered as um, a business that could potentially remain open because we provided a service of outdoor recreation for people that they were actually encouraging through this outbreak. Um, so we, we took that step. We also uh, had formalized kind of a written uh, document, uh, and this came from questions that we all started getting from operators and professionals uh, around the state and in terms of, gosh, what are some best practices that we can do while throughout this crisis while we're remaining open to help ensure that our staff and customers are safe? So we, we created a, a document that was sort of a statement of our position, and we included that with the letter to Governor Brown. So um, kind of fast forward, we did receive a, a you know communication back that, uh, golf courses were permitted to remain o open. We've seen some remain open. Some took it upon themselves to close um, individually. But uh, that's kind of where we stand right now. And, and just kind of to put things in perspective, I, I did hear from the NGCOA yesterday that apparently out of all the states who have closures of non-essential businesses, uh, 12 of those states are permitting golf courses to remain open. Uh, so that just gives us a little perspective of where we are throughout the rest of the country. Barb Trammell, CEO of the OGA, is our guest. And, and maybe you can give some perspective on the ability to, uh, you know, for operators to make the adjustments for social distancing, closing clubhouses, yep. how they're doing food and beverage, those sorts of things. But to remain open and available uh, for rounds and driving ranges and stuff. How crucial is that the difference between operating in this fashion for courses versus having to shut down? Uh, what would that do to the mm -hmm. industry overall? Well, you know, it, it's a great point. And I think what you're seeing for those that have chosen to remain open, uh, they, uh, operators are implementing a lot of really creative policies and, and practices. You'll see, for instance, uh, flag sticks that are mandated to remain in, in the hole. Uh, you're seeing uh, people either raising cup liners so that the ball doesn't fall into the hole, that people have to reach in to retrieve it, or uh, a couple of courses are actually putting uh, things like pool noodles in the bottom of the cup so the ball actually 
tips in, goes in, but you don't have to reach down and to retrieve it. Uh, yeah, a lot of food and beverage operations are closed. I, I think you've seen a lot go to credit card only transactions, and many are going to prepaid online only. So they're really reducing the exposure of, of having to uh, exchange currency on site. Um, a lot of rakes are being picked up, coarse furniture, things like that. I, everyone that I have talked to is doing a really good job of just, again, trying to minimize that exposure and also uh, you know, provide for social distancing. A lot of people are, have stopped renting golf carts, gone to walking only, or if they're renting carts, single riders only. So uh, again, I, I've seen most facilities take a really proactive approach in doing this uh, to, to allow them to remain open, again, to provide that recreational outlet. Barb, the, the Golf Alliance, uh, pretty much its territory uh, encompasses Oregon and southwest Washington. And here we have a very uh, difficult situation where right. Washington has shut down golf courses, period, mm -hmm. and Oregon has left them open. Uh, right. and, and so what is, the, what is the position of the alliance? What statement do we make? to the individual facilities uh, or to people who uh, – because it's a very emotional uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's, what statement does the Golf Alliance make to the facilities? Well, the Golf Alliance is basically here to support the facilities and to support our industry in any way that we can. And, and obviously, you know, our statement was not – taking sides, if you will, with this issue. Um, we were supportive of the golf, uh, of golf facilities, but we also obviously have to abide by whatever governmental or health official guidance we receive. Um, yes, Southwest Washington is part of the OGA territory and, and part of uh, even the Pacific Northwest PGA. However, the two separate governors dictate from an operation standpoint, from a business standpoint, uh, who who can operate and who can't. So as difficult it is within our particular jurisdiction, yes, you have some that are uh, able to be open and, and some that are able to close. We've I just I put out an open letter to our membership uh, just a few days ago and, and basically said and and I think the Gulf Alliance is saying, you know, we do encourage people to stay home. That is what we have all been instructed to do as much as possible. However, if you choose to play golf, here's some things that you yourself can do to be responsible in these times. And we've provided facilities with that guidance, but it, it, but it also is part of an individual's responsibility to uh, make sure that they're abiding by the social distancing requirements. Uh, I'm here with Barb Trammell, CEO of the OGA. Uh, we've only got another minute or so, but I did have one specific golf-related yeah. question. Obviously, uh, some places with the raising of the cup liners um, in there, the handicap season has started. How are rounds being played now currently going to figure into a handicapping index, or is that pretty mm -hmm. much on a freeze at this point for uh, golfers that, that are out there uh, concerned about their handicaps? No, uh, to the contrary, the USGA reacted uh, fairly swiftly because a lot of us had questions to that right off the bat. And they actually, on their website, on USGA.org, you can find a list of, of guidance with uh, playing under these new local rules that no one had really contemplated before. But they are encouraging and we are encouraging 
even with raised cups, even with uh, these dis, uh, different local rules from, for bunkers and things with rakes being pulled up, for people to go ahead and post scores. And the USJ does encourage that as well because the system itself has some safeguards in that would uh, would help with that. But they we're really encouraging people, go ahead and post your score because it's better that to post even playing under some really different local rules than it is not to post at all for, say, a month or two months, however long this period lasts. There you go. Information at OGA.org and GolfAllianceOregon.org. Barb Trammell, CEO of the OGA, we appreciate you not only joining us this morning, but uh, all of your efforts in uh, coordinating uh, things for the industry and and for courses to do what they can to remain open and available for us here uh, through these trying times. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And just want to give a shout out to all the people on the front lines in the healthcare industry who are battling this for all of us. Uh, they are doing such a wonderful job. We, we're very grateful. And we echo those thoughts as well. Barb Trammell, CEO of the OGA, thanks so much. And uh, hopefully we can have uh, more positive conversations here in the near future. Yeah. We'll look forward to that, guys. Thanks very much. There you go. Thanks, Barb. And uh, thanks to Harold as uh, well. I know you've been uh, working with Barb and the other organizations as well to try and uh, keep this thing going. Uh, we know our, our, our golf courses uh, operate on some pretty thin margins. They got a lot of expenses. So uh, the ability to uh, stay open through this as well as, uh, as we've said, for those of us that need to get out of the house and just do something to take our minds off of it. It's a uh, welcome refuge right now. Well, I want to thank Barb and uh, Dominic Marconi. They, they have really spearheaded this, uh, this effort on uh, behalf of the industry. Uh, you've, you've got a chance to, you want to get out and get a little exercise, go play a little bit of golf. Just exercise some good social distancing. Be smart. Yep. Be safe. Call the course. Check their website before you go to know exactly what to expect once you get out there. Prepay those greens fees online. And uh, please respect all the rules that are in place out there uh, so we can continue uh, continue going. Thanks again to Bruce Furman, Director of Golf at uh, Langdon Farms as well, for joining us. Thanks to Will uh, for coming in. Center and Saint is up next. Thanks for coming down, Harold, and uh, we got your little studio there for you. So uh, hopefully we'll all be back here next Saturday. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to, I think, a lounge chair. There's some things we could do in here. To, <laughs> there's nothing on the walls. I'm thinking of bringing in some artwork and hanging it. There uh, you go. It could be really nice. I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk to you next week. For Harold, I'm Jason. Hit him straight. To uh, try and overcome. Now, how would I adjust? Well, I've got to choke down on my club a little bit. Fiji's uh, in Europe. Uh. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.